0: Well, the Lord is good. Sure, good to have everybody here tonight. If you've been coming regular, you know that. Uh, you know these. We kind of like to just let things flow. And uh, of course, if it's God, we don't like to let anything flow, but we like to let the Lord flow, and to the best of our ability, we uh, endeavor to yield. And uh, I, mean, I don't mean that we don't do that other times, but we it seems like uh, because of the atmosphere and the desire of the hearts that, of people that come, it becomes easy to worship a little bit longer if that seems like it's good for the time. And uh, in one sense, you know, it's always right, and you wouldn't be doing anything wrong if you worshiped God for five hours straight, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Uh, when it comes to service time, when we get together, uh, it's it's good, and, and again, it wouldn't be wrong to do that, but we, we endeavor to be sensitive to the Lord, and uh, Lord, do we just need to worship all night because if so, we're okay with that, right uh, and, and but we try to be sensitive to the Lord if we were if we praise the Lord for five minutes and sit down and go into something else, uh, that would be okay too, right yeah. so, so I, I know so, sometimes people would they, they would feel gypped. Well, we only got to worship for five minutes, and and then there's others on the other side. what? we went 35 minutes <laughs> that's way too long you know and the people on both sides but uh you know first of all if we were to worship God for a real short time do we realize that in church is not the only place that that's allowed <laughs> yeah. and if you feel if you ever feel gypped go ahead yeah. afterwards <laughs> yeah. and tonight, and tomorrow and the next day and the Lord's always available praise the Lord amen and so there's a, anything we do in church uh, and when, you know, things are going real well and someone's says, like, I really want more of that. Well, there's more available. Yeah. There's more of anything we do available. And so uh, our times getting together. You know, we're to serve uh, and do certain things and we have a certain purpose in mind. And primarily that purpose is whatever the Lord wants at that time. But we, there's a reason for us gathering, gathering together. So we want to uh, accomplish something when we're here. And uh, again, accomplish something, what do you mean? Well, it could just be worship may be the biggest and most important thing at that moment. It might not at that moment. Everybody with me now? All right. So anyway, uh, we've been just uh, treating these services a little bit more like, uh, like believers' meetings. And, uh, and not that we don't have any plan, uh, but we do have a plan that is just subject to to whatever and just i just really uh want god to move in your life and i really want god to move in my life and so sometimes we just say lord whatever amen and we let down all preconceived notions of what a midweek service is supposed to be like well what is it supposed to be like give me a scripture <laughs> show me what a midweek service looks like i haven't found that verse (laughs) and so i say we just let god be god where the spirit of the lord is the bible says there is liberty right and so we want freedom for the spirit of god to move and speak and do and and, in all different kinds of things and many of you know that the last little bit here well, well last week we were talking of course we've been uh, our subject has been the glory of God uh, for the last few months. And uh, we've been talking about the glory of God. And you remember last time we were, we were discussing things such as uh, the numerous times in the Bible, in the New Testament, and a number of them in the book of Acts, uh, where the Bible talks about um, miracles and about signs and about wonders. And numerous times where it said these things were accomplished. But what it didn't go on to say in many of those scriptures is what the signs were. What was making people wonder? huh? What were these demonstrations of God's power? His manifest presence and glory. What was happening? We can, I think, be safe to assume that... A lot of them had to do with people being healed or delivered or set free in some capacity because we know that's a consistent way that God moved then and God moves today right but I can't be certain even for a moment that that was everything that happened because you can look in our day what's happened here throughout history in different times what's going on in different parts of the world today and if you study people's testimonies and and hear what people have to say about what God is doing in a person's life or a church gathering or something you will find that oftentimes there's some strange phenomena happening and there are things that you go wow I've never heard of that happening before (laughs) or at least not regularly well, the, the issue is, is that this is our guidebook. The Bible is our safety. It gives us boundaries. It enables us to judge what things are right and wrong. But we must remember that God is not limited to moving in a way that has a precedent. Because even in the ministry of Jesus, I think we said this before, but he did things that had no precedent. When the Spirit of God moved upon him, because remember he said, I don't do anything except what my father tells me, what I see him do, I do. And when he's ministering to a blind man and spits and makes mud and sticks it in his eye, where did you come up with that? You know, we've all heard the story, and although it sounds kind of a little bit strange, we don't flip out because of it, because we've heard it so many times. Do you think they'd heard of it? I don't have any record of that in the Old Testament. And that was their Bible. That was their scripture. There wasn't a verse where Jesus could go to and, and, and say, well, you know, in certain circumstances when blindness is the condition in someone's eye, you make mud. If there's no water around you. use spit. And the, the combination of these two ingredients will heal the blind eye. <laughs> or the other time when he spit and touched the guy's tongue. I don't know if he spit right on the tongue or... Spit on his hand. <laughs> I heard a guy talk, telling a story one time. Uh, he was ministering to uh, the sick through the laying on of hands like we do often. And uh, he said, this woman, she was either blind in both eyes or one eye, I don't remember. But this was in, in the States. And uh, And this woman came to him, and when he was going to minister to her she said you need to spit in my eye and he thought no (laughs) he thought no way am i gonna spit in this woman's eye and i'm telling this in my own words but uh in case anyone's ever heard this story Uh, but and he's like i'm not gonna do that just like you wouldn't do that unless you were sure the lord told you to do so right (laughs) hopefully i just tell you i'm not gonna spit in anybody's eye (laughs) you're safe uh unless it's God, and then, you know, you find out, <laughs> although you don't want to be too hard on someone for at least trying, too many people doing nothing, Amen. I mean, I kind of lean that way, I mean, well, you don't want to hurt anybody, but at the same, at the same time, too many people just sitting, sitting back waiting for God to move, I appreciate anyone who'll take a step of faith, see a need and meet it, you know, t- and do something, but anyway, uh, you know, he thought i'm not going to do this and, and this woman said yeah the lord told me that's what needs to happen and uh, i just remember him telling the story it was pretty hilarious because he starts going <laughs> <laughs> if i'm gonna if i'm gonna spit and a rhyme, i'm gonna get a good one here <laughs> anyway uh say so what happened well he did and god did and the woman was supernaturally healed of blindness. And, uh, and he didn't have that word. She did, and she pressed him on it. Yeah. Yep. So I guess maybe I would if someone pushed me hard enough, said, Lord told me you got to spit. I can spit. I've practiced. You know, <laughs> I used to play baseball. <laughs> and I'm not talking about dipping and spitting. I'm just, you know. <laughs> I actually never did that, but, you know, you just, people spit a lot when they're outside, you know, when they're kids and they're playing baseball. Never mind. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so we were saying Jesus didn't necessarily have a, have a precedent to do some of the things that he did, and, uh, but God will move in different ways. I remember the, uh, the story of um, Naaman, the Syrian. And uh you remember he had leprosy and he went to the prophet and uh he was, you know, kind of thinking the prophet would wave his hand and all the leprosy would go away, but <laughs> it didn't work that way. You know, and we know there are normal methods for uh healing to come to a person, but and so he was just kind of hoping, you know, this little little wave and everything's gone. But how I many know that wasn't the word that he got. He was told to go dip into a dirty river seven times and at first because of his own pride he wouldn't do it he thought i'm not going to do that how dumb is that well if the lord says that and 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 someone said well i'd do it if the lord said yeah but the lord's usually going to speak through someone that's what makes it a little bit tougher huh because you're wondering is that god (laughs) well if you're going to die you might be willing to do anything i mean i think that's probably a pretty good attitude (laughs) <laughs> in fact, if you want uh, a move of God in your life, I think you have that attitude anyway. I'm willing to do anything. Now, I'm not going to disobey Scripture. I'm not going to go outside of the bounds of Scripture. But if the Lord deals with me to do something I would never normally do, well, live dead and dry or do it. Are you listening? I've seen people who are more reserved and in service. In fact, I think we've had some of these here. But the Lord would tell someone uh, to to, to run. Now, that's not hard. Everyone has run at least sometime in their life. But not many people have run in church. (laughs) But I've seen people uh, who were deaf. this story I'm telling didn't happen here. It was in another place. Uh, But a guy I knew who was deaf, and he went forward for prayer and he wasn't completely deaf but in one ear Uh, went forward for prayer and nothing was opening uh, and he was told run so he did and when he got back up to the front he could hear well where are you going to find that in the word (laughs) yeah I know the spirit of God came on Elijah and he ran but that's not exactly the same (laughs) he outran the chariot this person didn't run supernaturally fast they just did a lap and got a miracle. So whatever. <laughs> and so many of the signs and wonders, many of these things that happened in the New Testament aren't described, and uh, and, and there have, there have been different different things that have manifest here, and and they're gonna they're gonna continue. We were uh, well. There's just a lot of stuff that can happen. <laughs> Praise God. And uh, and we're not gonna be gullible. We're gonna be discerning all through all of this but yeah see what's going to happen sky's the limit everything we see promised going to happen much of this already does we're going to just see more of it and things we've never experienced or never saw things that might tweak our head Err. is that God there'll be some things to judge absolutely well, what's wrong with that we're told to judge things aren't we Prove all things, hold fast to that which is good. You wouldn't be told that unless some, unless things didn't ever tweak your brain. If everything was just easy and automatic, and every, then you would never have to prove all things. And if nothing ever happens that we have to analyze, if nothing ever manifests in such a way that we have to say, okay, does that line up with Scripture? Then I think something's wrong because we're not even having to prove anything amen well the lord is good praise god if you got your bible i want to show you a couple things and uh we're not going to go to our normal opening scripture for this series i guess we're still in the series doesn't really matter i guess (laughs) praise the lord uh amen amen look at Deuteronomy 34 Deuteronomy 34 these things came up in my heart just right before I left my house tonight and it goes along with what we're doing but it's different than what I was going to do but that happened Sunday, too. <laughs> Even though it was in the same series, same subject matter, it went a different direction than what I had studied and took hours to prepare. <laughs> in Deuteronomy 34 uh, and verse 9, it said, Now Joshua, the son of a nun, uh, I mean, the son of none." was full of the Spirit of Wisdom. He was full of the Spirit of Wisdom. Say, well, isn't everybody full of the Spirit of Wisdom? No, no, and it's just, especially we know that because it wouldn't point it out if it were automatic. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. How did he get full of the spirit of wisdom? Moses laid his hands on him. Well, what in the world does that have to do with that? Well, this is one way that God will put things into us. It is through the laying on of hands. In other words, there is a transfer of anointing of gifts, in this case, Wisdom was transferred. Isn't that interesting? The New Testament tells us in James that if anyone lack wisdom, he should ask of God, and he'll give it liberally and so forth. So that's a correct way to get wisdom. But apparently, sometimes wisdom is given through the laying on of hands. Isn't that amazing? Someone could lay hands on you, and you become wise. (laughs) I think that's really cool. Someone said, I'm just, I'm just not really a very good decision maker. I don't really have a good outlook and you know, see out into the future very well and you know able to make wise choices with the knowledge that I have. It can change through the laying on of hands. <laughs> Amen. I just think that's real interesting how God can put wisdom in. Well, we certainly we know God can do anything, but he does this. This is one thing we do have precedent for. Wisdom can go into a person. Look at, uh, let's look at some New Testament scriptures. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14. Paul writing to Timothy, he said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Timothy had a gift. How did that gift come? Say the Lord gave it to him. Well, yes, the Lord did give it to him, but how did he give it to him? It's interesting. Through prophecy and the laying on of hands sometimes when I, when hands are laid on one person to another gifts go into that person i think that's interesting that gifts can go say so why didn't god just do it to him directly didn't want to many times many many times i'm not saying he couldn't but many many times throughout the bible god ministers from one person to one person but he chooses to use someone else even though he could do it direct but he just doesn't want to seems like usually okay even the apostle paul himself you know he had a dramatic conversion right on the road to damascus and the lord speaking to him and dramatic conversion but what did he do he was immediately sent to ananias and he ministered to him laid hands on him and got his his sight back of course and was filled with the spirit said can't someone be filled with the spirit without somebody else well certainly they can but so many times it's going to happen through somebody else and god likes it that way and through the laying on of hands okay and so uh timothy was given a gift said don't neglect it it was given to you by prophecy with laying on hands of the eldership look at the next book Second Timothy. And this is speaking really of the same thing. Chapter 1, verse 6. He said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Paul must have been in the eldership. All right. But this gift is in him through the laying on of his hands. God transferred it through somebody else, through the laying on of hands. Uh, Can just take a break here for a moment? Uh, How many understand that a whole big part of the body of Christ at large never lays hands on anything for anybody? Some only for maybe uh, ordination or something, some kind of appointment for a position. And and that's not wrong, but it's just so limited in how so many Christians do this. If we go back and look at uh, Hebrews chapter 6, we find that the laying out of hands is considered one of the elementary principles of the doctrine of Christ. Okay, it's one of the... It, it, it's it's grade school stuff. Yet how many believers are still... They're still in grade school. But they never even, don't even practice these kind of things. And, and by the way, it's not just for those who are called pastors or apostles or prophets or evangelists. It's for believers. Okay. Uh, and so... Here again, gift was given through the laying on of hands. I think if we want more gifts, more wisdom, other things, we should be practicing this pretty regular. Pretty regular. I don't mean it always has to happen in an organized service, but it shouldn't be uncommon for parents to lay hands on their children and pray for them and impart to them. And for bel- one believer to another, when they have, they ha- they may ha- you may have someone on your heart that you need to pray for, get over there and pray for them and lay your hands on them. Sometimes it's just grabbing their hands. So just put, you know, it doesn't have to be in a religious way. It don't have to necessarily be standing up with an usher behind them. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but expect there to be a transferal. Because there, I don't really want to get into all this, I don't think, but... Every believer has an anointing. Every child. That's why we're called Christians. Because Christ is not Jesus' name, but it refers to the, the anointing. Christ means the anointed one. And so a Christian means that we're all anointed. That's what very Christian means. You've got something supernatural on you. It doesn't just mean I'm saved, thank God I am, but I'm born again and I have an anointing from God as a believer. Now, apparently, more things can be added, not in in reference to salvation, but gifts can be added to me through the laying on of hands. Now, we'll just look at a couple others. You see this is a, God can do a lot of stuff through this, but Acts chapter 8 Acts chapter 8. Could someone get wisdom a different way? Sure. Sure, Certainly they could. Sometimes it happens that way. Can someone get gifts other way? Yeah, I believe so. But this is one of the methods that, that, that the Lord uses. In Acts 8 and verse 18, Eight eighteen. 18, uh, well, I guess we've got to go to 14 to get the context. Now, when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, what, what does that mean? First Peter says that we're born again by the incorruptible seed, the word of God. They received the word of God means they were saved, means they got born again. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Notice it was two separate experiences, by the way, in case you're of the bent that when I accept Jesus, I get everything there is to get. Well, no, you don't. They didn't. Why would it work different for you? Why are you so special? (laughs) It's two separate and distinct experiences being saved. And receiving the Holy Spirit, that's the Bible I'm reading. I didn't make that up. Okay, uh, for yet, as yet, he had fallen upon none of them. Uh, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means they've been baptized in water, saved, see, of their sins, baptized in water. They identify with Christ, but yet still not spirit-filled. He said, when uh, then they laid hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. They laid hands on them and they received. So how did the Holy Spirit come into their lives? Through the laying on of hands. God likes us to touch each other. (laughs) He likes us to lay for believers to lay hands on other believers. And many times when they do, something literally goes from one to another. And I believe this. Now, I'll show you why. But I believe that it can always happen that something goes from one person to another. Not always can I just pick any... I'm just going to go around the world and make everybody wise. I'm not saying that. Uh, or, uh, but I can always transfer by my faith anointing and uh, s- spiritual substance... I don't want to d- define it too, cl- too tight. Into somebody else. As an act of my faith. Because I have something. When you have something and know you have it. You can give it. You see. Uh, see that was one of the things with Jesus at the well. He met that woman. He prophesied to her about her past Marriages and, and she was shacked up at, the mo- at that moment. And he talked to her about it. And he said, she said, I think I perceive you're a prophet and all that stuff. And, uh, and Jesus talked to her next, remember, about living water. Remember that? He said, if you would have, uh, I might get it wrong if I try to quote it. But if you knew who I was, you would have asked of me. And I would have given you living water. Okay, Jesus knew what he had, but here's, what, here's, here's what's also important. He knew that he could give it away. He said, you'd ask me, I'd have given you this, living water. When we know what is in us, what we have, and then we know that it's up to us, that we have the right to give it away. Man, we become dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. And dangerous to dry, dead, bored, non-thrilled, non-enthusiastic Christians. <laughs> because when we got something stirring in us, and sometimes we we need exhorted just like Paul told Timothy, stir it up. There's something in you. I know I put it in there. There's a gift in you. Stir it up. Sometimes we got to stir it up, once that's stirred up, come on, you can give it away. I'm not talking about giving away a call where I can lay my hands on someone, I make you a pastor. No gifts and callings; those things, uh, uh, those things are from God. But as far as uh, there are a lot of things that can be transferred, and the life of God is one of those biggest, one of the biggest ones. Just life and anointing, and and uh, Jesus could transfer living water. Say but that was Jesus. But again, there's no difference really. There's not. His call was different, but. Same Spirit's in us. He did what he did as a man anointed by the Spirit, not as God. He did that because so we could be his example. That's why he said, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these because I go to my Father. In other words, he left, Holy Spirit comes, a paraclete, in other words, a, per, a, a spirit, one who's the same as him, a helper just like him. He would come to enable you to do exactly the same things he did. And so the Holy Spirit was given through the laying on of hands. You, you, you don't, we don't need to turn to this one. Mark 16 and verse 18. Anybody know that one? 16 and verse 18. Great commission. going know all the world. Verse 15, verse 18, the last part of that verse. They shall, believers speaking of, shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In other words, healing comes through the laying on of hands. Healing comes. That's why I am really confident that I can lay hands on any sick person and the power of God will go out of me. What power? Specifically there, healing power will go out of me. Sometimes a person needs a little bit of coaching, instruction on grabbing hold of it. Sometimes. Sometimes. But it's really not hard. But I'm confident I can get healing power to go into people. Why? Because Mark 16 verse 18 said, If I would lay hands on the sick, they would recover. And this, this is one of those things I could get off on a little little trail here and talk about it. And, and I will for a moment. Just because I haven't heard myself say it for a while and I wanted to hear it again. Laughter Uh, (laughs) but i used to year in the first number of years when i was in quote full-time ministry in a recognized ministry position whatever you want to call it uh i would lay hands on people occasionally and really not see a whole lot of uh miracles and not see a whole lot of instant change say what happened did the lord appear to you and tell you you had a healing ministry no nobody would even prophesy that to me I'd have taken it <laughs> yay from this time forward you shall have a healing ministry no one ever said anything to me about it and I was around some powerful people they could have heard the Lord if he wanted to t- say that <laughs> and, uh, but nothing except I came to a point and I'm still growing in this still learning but I came to a point where I recognized what some of what I'm sharing with you now That I had something. Why would the Lord tell me as a believer to lay hands on the sick and they would recover if nothing was going to come out of my hand and go into them? Because I know for certain that it's not just physical contact that causes a person to be healed. There's got to be a supernatural element. If it were simply physical contact, we'd all run to the hospital and just go touch everybody. And everybody would be healed. No, it's called faith in the power. And I said, you know what? There's got to be something that's come, that comes out of me and goes into someone. Otherwise, they wouldn't get healed. And I'd experienced that. No healing. <laughs> but I have never to this day, uh, I can't, well, let me say it this way. I can't tell you that the Lord spoke to me about having a, quote, healing ministry. I believe he led, a, he led me uh, to do healing meetings here at this church, okay? I, I, I do believe that was a leading of the Lord. But as far as the Lord dealing with personally, say, uh Mark, you're going to have a healing ministry, and you're going to you know, help many people that way. No, I saw it in the Word. And when I started acting on that, I started seeing things happen. A huge increase. I mean, a sharp upturn. Mm-mm where things happened instantly. And I thought, wow, how many other things could we make this work with? Listen, I'm still thinking that way. I'm not saying I got it all down. But if we recognize something that the Lord has told us to do, there's got to be power behind it to make it work. The Lord is not interested in religious activity and pleased just because I went through the motions. Anything He wants me to do, He anoints me to do. He gives me spiritual equipment to be successful at that. Praise God. I believe this is true naturally as well. If someone's supposed to work somewhere, start a business here, something like that. If God directs you to do it, and Christians ought to be praying, then there will be a supernatural ability to be successful in that. I'm really convinced God doesn't want His people floundering. I didn't say you'd never go have a hiccup, never a bump, but I do not do not believe the Lord wants us to flounder. Little bit successful, little bit success here and there, but a whole lot of failure. No, that's I don't think that's right. And so maybe sometimes we're doing the wrong thing, or maybe we're doing the right thing, but we're not expecting His supernatural ability to back us up in what we're doing. But I know this is true for certain through the laying on of hands, that we can expect a supernatural flow every believer can everyone look at your hands say it out loud there's something in my hands god is in my hands his power is in me and what i have i can give away amen amen you can give away now, don't get me wrong. There's, uh, there are times I think it's real important to be led by the Spirit. I know one time uh, I was on a trip, and we were ha- we were praying and worshiping God with some people, and and I felt prompted. Uh, there was a there was a person next to me, this other this guy next to me. There was a bunch of people we were worshiping the Lord and praying in the Spirit and stuff, and I felt prompted to to grab him. And mm, so laying on a body, I guess. (laughs) And just basically, I believed there was going to be something that went out of me into him. And I grabbed him and prayed and prophesied about what was in me going into him. And it's been interesting because I noticed. Uh, I noticed after that point, I don't mean just like immediately the next day, but I noticed after that point that many of the things that were characteristic of how I served God and ministered to other people became characteristic of His ministry too. I thought, wow, that's pretty interesting. How did that, well, God wanted to do it that way. God wanted it. God wants to do it. it. Doesn't take anything away from someone. If you pray for me and all of a sudden I start, you know, moving in a new area. It doesn't take anything away from the call of God on my life. Because the call and the desire, it originally came from God. He just chose to use another person to help get me into the place I need to be. The flow he wants me to flow in. Woohoo. So they received the Holy Spirit. Let's look at look at something else. Oh, we talked about healing, Mark 16. In Acts 13, that's real close to where you were not too long ago. Acts 13. In verse 1, there was in the church at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. List those guys. Verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said... Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So this was spirit-led stuff. Then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. They laid hands on them and sent them away. Here it doesn't speak particularly of any kind of, any car, any kind of transfer, but I know through Scripture that very likely there was anointing. That was transferred, maybe gifts, maybe wisdom, maybe all kinds of things. Doesn't say in particular, but they did lay hands on them and sent them out. Okay, there is probably to some degree a symbolic thing there. They're saying you have our approval, we're authorizing you to go, that kind of thing. But God transfers things through the laying on of hands. It's so interesting how often this happens. Look at Mark chapter 10. Praise God. Mark chapter ten and verse thirteen. Ten thirteen. It says, Then they brought little children to him, him Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them, but when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. And said to them, let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and what? Blessed. Blessed them. Blessed them. One thing that can happen through the laying on of hands, is blessing is transferred. Blessing can be a whole lot of things. But I know this, whatever it is, it's a blessing. <laughs> it's not a cursing. It's not a taken away. Nothing is subtracted, but definitely something is added. Okay? When a person is blessed, man, that's good. That's a good thing. What, what can bless someone? I believe that just because I put my hands on someone physically, that doesn't necessarily bless them just because I touched you. I mean, they might be dirty, you know. I might mess someone's hair up, you know, (laughs) just because I touch someone. There's not an automatic blessing uh, just just in someone touching somebody else. You know, you could make an argument, I guess, for affection and love, and that can be a blessing. But uh, I believe when Jesus uh, was laying hands on them, there was something going into these children. Something was going out of him and going into them. And one thing I know about the Lord, he he seemed to talk about, well, I know this. Remember Luke chapter 4 and other places, how he quoted from Isaiah how the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. Because he had anointed him, there was an anointing. Jesus knew he had it. He knew he could transfer it at any given moment. He could lay hands on people, and something would go out of him. You have, as a believer, at the very minimum, life. Life is a real substance. This, Romans eight says the same spirit. Uh, if he he who dwells in something like that. <laughs> same spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. He shall quicken your mortal body. That means make alive. Make alive. And so there's life in all of us. First, first was it First Corinthians chapter 1? 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 1? Let me just find out real quick. You probably know where this is, huh? I'm not telling you. Yeah, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. It says now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. Is God who has anointed us. There is an anointing for every believer. Again, we kind of covered that just a, just a little bit. But I believe that every every one of us can transfer and release the anointing of God into other people when you pray for other people here's a big key to this expect something to happen in them don't pray religiously when I when I say expect something to happen we're not necessarily looking for a physical manifestation unless it's healing but I'm talking about someone going "Woo! I felt that if they do great but here's my focus I'm expecting something to go out of me into them. Yes. What? Anointing. Yes. Life. Blessing. If it's something in particular that we're praying about then that thing. And it and it flows into them. Praise God. You see a lot of these things uh, why don't you go play a little bit. Praise the Lord. Uh, wow, I'm sure getting late fast. <laughs> a lot of the things that i really believe a christian's heart desires as they walk with the lord they want they want to see god man and i know no man's seen him with his physical eyes so forth but we want to we, we want the move of god's spirit and him to move in us and move in other people we can take initiative in so many of these things how we find what he has said to do and act on that someone said i want god to give me a great Anointing. Well, you have the Spirit of God in you. If the Lord wants to add certain gifts to you, I believe He'll lead you. You're seeking Him. He'll, He'll get what He needs to get into you to fulfill what He wants you to do. But none of us are empty. None of us are powerless. None of us uh, are, are left to do these kind of you know to live our life and we don't have any substance to us as a child of god as a spirit-filled child of god you have something there automatically if you've never been baptized in the spirit well you're still saved you still got life in you but there's a greater flow that can come to you real easy but a lot of us i know this is true with me and i know it's going to increase more and more it it happened up here It happened up here. Remember remember Ephesians chapter 3? talks about how we might know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. And it went on to say that we might be filled with the fullness of God. These were saved people. These were complete in Christ believers. And he was praying that they would know the love of Christ. So they could be filled with the fullness. That seems to indicate to me. That they were not filled with the fullness of God. Now, what does that mean? Doesn't mean they only had part of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't mean they were partially saved, partially righteous. Whatever it means, it means that there was something else they could have. And a lot of it came by revelation. And the more we take steps of faith to operate in what we do see, it opens the door for more of a fullness to begin to come and manifest amen praise god sometimes you just gotta you know you score a little oil in the, in the joint of the door you know the hinge you gotta work it a little bit sometimes just doing something with what we've got we start working it and the more we work it the better it works easier it is man i see how to do this let's all stand up tonight praise god oh the lord is good Hey, the Lord is good.